Welcome to the end of life as we know it and the beginning of vibes and reason. This is Alana da Costa, aka Ya Afo Binguai, aka The Creative Rebel. Now, everyone who knows me well knows I love stimulating conversations about all things in life and all things inspiring. And that's just what this podcast will be. Now come, let's reason. We're going to go ahead and jump right into it, right? We're going to jump into this reason. And today's reason, I brought a very special, wonderful person that I've known for over 15 years now. Yeah, about 50, over 15 years. Miss Keisha Bowers. You have inspired me in so many ways on this journey of life. You have not only through example, but through your encouraging words, you have inspired my works and the works that I dream of one day doing. You give me the courage to do it because I see what, it's cap- what you're capable of doing. And it's been definitely a journey. One of the things that we have in common is being first generation African-Americans. And I wanted to, us to start the conversation talking about what that means. Before we start, I looked up the definition of what they have. And these are based on the immigration activists. So I wanted to share with you this definition of second generation American. Share with me what your thoughts are, and then we'll start to reason about that. All right. According to immigration activists, second generation means an individual who was naturally born in the relocated country to one or more parents who were born elsewhere and are not U.S. citizens living abroad. Now, you have another where they say that second generation means the second generation of offspring born in a country. So even our children could be considered considered second generation, right? Now, as waves of immigrants migrated to the U.S. during several times and several time periods during the U.S. history, numbers of second generation Americans have been growing rapidly in this country. And it is expected by 2065, 18% of the country's total population will be comprised of second generation immigrants. In studies done by um, Paul Research Center, second generation Americans tend to advance more quickly socially and economically than the first generation pioneers who preceded them. This is based on immigration activists, based on an wow. article in thought, thought.com. And I, it stimulated me in so many ways. It triggered me in so many ways. I feel triggered just hearing yes. it. Oh my gosh, I started, everything that I saw my parents go through, it kind of just flashed before me. As mm-hmm. you said, you know, it means that you're gonna do a little better than those that pioneered. Yes. 
that made the risk to get here for whatever reason. Oh, I have such a story to tell about that. So please, please share, share with, share with me what it triggered. Now, conversations and, and are we going to have some focus points or focus areas that are going to trigger us? There are going to be certain words, certain smells, certain sounds, certain things that trigger us in life. And that's where the conversation needs to happen. We can't hold on to the trigger and, and let negative impulses um, allow us to make it hinder us. So listen, my mother came to this country as an indentured servant. She had a child in, in Jamaica and the child was six months old and she had a teacher when she told me the story. She had a teacher who said to her, you deserve more than this. Leave the baby here and I'm gonna help you to go to America. Mm -hmm. She got her a job to live with these European people, like mm -hmm. Caucasian. Mm -hmm. And she came on an indentured servant servitude passport wow. to come here. And when she got to Boston, because her grandmother was living in Boston, so she got to Boston and they were abusing her. So she ran away. One day they went away to like the grocery store and left her in the house. And she dug through their things to find her, her documents. And she ran away while they were gone. Wow. Survivalist. I, listen, wow. And it, 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 I was just like, you know, I, for me, that's how I honor her. Because mm -hmm. I remember the, the stories mm -hmm. that she told me. Mm -hmm. That was rough. And I mean, even after that, it got harder and harder for her. So for me to have achieved a master's degree, to have my own business. I mean, I feel like I'm standing on her shoulders. Yeah. My father is the same thing. My father was smuggled into this country. He came to Miami first. When he first came here, it was in March. And he always tells me he has two birthdays, the day he was born and the day he first came to this country. Mm. So every March, I celebrate his birthday. Birthday, yeah. Because for him, that was significant. I've never had this conversation, though, so I'm feeling really emotional. Oh, thank you for sharing. I thank you so much for sharing. And I didn't expect you to ask me that to, or to say that, like, yeah. you know, to give your definition or to yeah. go into depth. It's a positive thing, and it's a weight to carry, too, because in, in remembering their journey, it's like an extra pressure to where you feel like you have to do better, right? Yep. Yep. Right, that's an extra, an extra burden to carry. Thank you so right. much for sharing that. Thank you so much for sharing that. Thank you, sis. Yeah, so I, I, you know, I feel like, you know, we have all these badges that we wear. Mm -hmm. You know, we're layered up, we're born, and then we have these experiences that cover us up. And I feel like that's one of my layers. Yeah. How you peel an onion? Yeah. I feel yeah. like I carry a layer of like second generation. Yeah. You know, I'm like, I, <laughs> I remember middle school. I mean, I think we need to bring the conversation to my life because I can't believe this. <laughs> oh my gosh. I, I remember a child called me an African booty scratcher. Mm -hmm. I speak clear English. Mm -hmm. So I used to be like, why are they saying, but you know, it was obvious that although I was born in this physical space, that my appearances didn't match. Yes. However, I, however yeah. I was presented 
you know, how I was dressed. My, you know, my mother used to shop in Payless because she couldn't mm -hmm. afford Payless and Kmart. That's where mm -hmm. she bought my shoes from. Mm -hmm. So coming as a second generation, the way I showed up, there are a lot of attributes to that, mm -hmm. that experience that we mm -hmm. don't consider. And that's why this is such an emotional conversation. I've never talked about this. Oh, wow. It's, it's a difficult because, like I said, it's, it's a burden that you carry to want to do better, be better, experience more, do more. And we shouldn't have to feel like that. We shouldn't. That shouldn't that we're more shouldn't, than enough. We're more than enough. We shouldn't feel like we have to prove anything. Or, and mm -hmm. it puts you in that space. I remember for me, you know, even to this day, you know, older generation in my family, they'll introduce me as the doctor. And I'll be like, not a doctor, but to show that there's been growth in some way or to show that there's been some elevation from where our family has come from. So, I've gotten that too. My yeah. dad, I remember being in like the 10th grade and I would be in all like all honors or like I was doing good in science. Oh, and my dad would be like, um, you know, Sakisha Doctor, no. Yeah. That my father. No, what he was saying, but for him, the fact that I was, you know, my top of my class yes. was yes. more than just that he was bragging. He was saying, We fought and we won. Won. Yeah. 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 To this day, even in like my friendship with someone like yourself, when you are successful. It, it means so much to me because I don't see that you're being successful. I see that my father is being mm -hmm. successful. Your father is being successful. Your auntie is being collective. Successful. Yeah, it's like yeah. a collective. It is. When I see you rising or myself or any or our children, it's so huge for me because yes. I could see my father. And you know my dad. He would, yes. if it was you, he would be honoring you like you were his own child. Yes. Because he understood. Good. That and we're connected. All that, of us. Yes. There isn't just one elevation. It's a collective elevation. It's a collective yeah. higher, higher building. And remember how hard my mother worked. Oh. Um, and I would tell myself that I, I would never work that hard in life. I had that same conversation. <laughs> and my mother uh, was a nurse's aide. Mm -hmm. So she, you know, had to take yeah. care of people. First she was yeah. cleaning houses and I used to go with her to clean the houses they were yeah. always wealthy yeah. non-melanated people yeah. and you know I couldn't touch I couldn't and I used to go with her to clean the houses and then when she started to do the nurses aid she did a little course she got her certification from the state to be a nurses aid that was her conversation she would come home frustrated and this is literally what she would say may I have to clean people shit out there time mm-hmm Mm. And I felt that burden, like, mm -hmm. I felt that it was on me. Because mm -hmm. I used to be like, why is she telling me she got a clean shit? And mm -hmm. that ain't got nothing to do with me. Yeah. So your innocence, my innocence, I feel like it was lost in the yeah. midst yeah. of that. You know, it's like, what does that mean? Okay, should I be stressed too? Because she, she looks stressed. Yeah. You care, but you do carry the stress of the, the immigrant parent. You do. Oh. That's just let's call it what it is. Yeah, I, for me, you know, especially growing up an only child, and I spent a lot of time alone. <laughs> I was the what they call it, the latch, the latchkey child. <laughs> oh, oh <laughs> yeah. I know that. I remember 
calling my mom's job and asking for mommy. And like not really remembering her name, but just wanted my mommy. And she would call like every 30 minutes or every, you know, 45 minutes, check on me, make sure I ate. But she worked a lot. And being the best at all times, going above and beyond at all times, that stress is not. It was a lot. It was a lot. And then I didn't abandon it. You know, I literally have. Because, you know, for me, as I've grown and evolved spiritually, I pay attention to my emotions more now than ever before. I can, as I've grown within myself, I can think of moments of when I decided to abandon that that feeling of like, I have to be the best or Mm -hmm. I have. And and it was when I quit my job and became Mm self-employed. I was like, I don't care what the risk is or if I can't live. It, I just want to be free, right? Mm-hmm. And and you know, I, here I am, five years later. It, whatever it comes with, or however it shows up, I'm just happy with myself. So, yeah. You understand that I'm not trying to be better, look better, dress better. I have this um this cue that I live by that if I if I come to your event house or whatever gathering, and I have to be worried about what I'm wearing, then I'm not coming. I grew up in a family <laughs> culture where. We, mm-hmm. my, my mother would go shopping, shopping. to go yes. shopping at her sister's house. Yes. I would be like, why are you buying new clothes? And to you go have to a store? closet full of clothes. And I have clothes <laughs> right here. I can't repeat the clothes that's yeah. in my closet. Yeah, no. Uh-uh. I might have to recreate a shirt and make it into a tie top right now. I'm not mm-hmm. going to buy no. it. No, or make something. Or make like something. yeah, or, or just creative. You know, but to say that yeah. I'm gonna go buy a whole new outfit to impress who? Yeah. So we, a lot of the energy is shifting. The awareness has shifted for we sec- second generation. Yeah. You know, and because yeah, and then I think they came here with a dream, that American yes. dream. Yes. They came here, you know, under my mom's circumstances. My grandmother was a traveler, so she would travel to either the, the states or to the United Kingdom and work for six months, and then go home to Jamaica for six months. So while mm. she was doing that, as doing that, she would bring up her children. So my uncle came up yeah. first, and then my mom came up, and. My mother was kind of told what to do, you know, in her 20s, her mother still, you know, bought her clothes for her, you know, she couldn't do certain things. And when she walked away and got her own freedom, she worked and worked and worked. You had a certain standard set where, you know, shopping and wanting to look a certain way and have certain things. For me, my experience, it's like, I realized, well, why did you come here? Why did you leave? What, what was the dream? Was it really something that you desired or was you, were you sold a pill? You know, oh, yes, yes. <laughs> you know like I, I, I can relate to what you're saying because from like my mother and my father, they had two different intentions. Mm. Like my, and, but they were both, you know, they came from two different worlds out mm. of the Jamaican culture. Same. My yeah. mother came from a family that they were, you know, her mother owned the only ice factory for the longest while. It was the only ice factory in Jamaica. Oh, wow. So that's like really big. People treated her mother, which was my grandmother. Status, yeah. Oh my gosh, mm-hmm. status was huge. And, mm-hmm. you know, my brother um, was raised by uh, and my, our aunt in the country. And then when he got uh-huh. age around 10 or 11, 
he moved to Spanish town with, with my grandmother. And mm-hmm. he says he remembers the day that she came to his school to pick him up. Everybody, it was like a big to do in the school. Mm-hmm. Everybody was making a big excitement about her showing up to the school mm. to, to pick him up because, you know, she drives a nice car and she lives. And mm-hmm. I think that for my mother, she was always trying to attain that. Mm-hmm. You know? That image. My, that image. Yeah. And, my, you know, and then for my dad, it was totally different. He literally mm-hmm. came from a lot of poverty. Mm-hmm. Like there was so much poverty and he came from Warka Hill and in East Kingston where there was a lot of crime and a lot of poverty. And his father died when he was very young. My dad was 10 when he lost his dad. Oh, so wow. of course, you know, he had to work and do things at a young age to help his mother. So for him coming to America was like, for real, for real, mm-hmm. he needed to, it was for sustainability. Like mm-hmm. we have to, you know, I can make a movie about his story because him and his brother moved to White Plains, New York. Mm-hmm. No one is in White Plains, nobody black or melanin mm-hmm. is in White <laughs> That's that's unheard of. And in Westchester County, that's, that's where the Clintons live. And exactly. That's I grew up in that space for a long time. And for them to have brought reggae music and the black culture, culture. and they, they created a mark in, in mm-hmm. that city. Mm-hmm. You know, my dad was putting on concerts. He brought Brigadier Jerry and mm-hmm. putting on his own shows and, you know, vibes. So, and, and, vibes that's, and, that's a, and you, it's a perfect segue into where I want to go next with that certain vibes. Because another thing that we have in common is that both of our father were involved in the Rastafari movement. Mm-hmm. and identified with being as Rastafari. And that's a whole nother, you know, oh sauce to throw into the mix because now you have a very different um, type of thought of living, a school of thought. You have a different philosophy, mm-hmm. a different religious or spiritual base. You know, mm-hmm. I remember growing up in New York and going to a Catholic school and not wanting my father to come to my, oh my school God. functions. I was just because talking about that. you have You're this scary. like six foot, you know, tall, lean Rastaman with a big you know, his tap head. on his head. And I didn't want to get questions. I didn't want people to laugh at me. I didn't want people to laugh at him. So I remember experiencing the fear of my dad, you know, you know, coming. And I remember I remember one time though he came to one of my school functions and everyone's head like turned and looked mm-hmm. at him because of course he was late and <laughs> he came in he came in with this you know stride and this walk and locks alike and his hat a bouncing and I'm like oh my gosh but the attention that I got afterwards it was positive but I felt felt away like the questions of why he looked like that? Why his hair went like that? Did he smoke weed? And mm-hmm. like, do I smoke weed? And <laughs> so it was all these prejudgments that came yes. along with, you know, Rastafari. And so- you know, in, in that era, Alana, um, we're talking about the 80s because you yes. and I, again, we yes. were born the same exact year. Yes, I'm November, you're December. I mean, yes. our experience is literally exactly and parallel, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. So we're talking about 82, 83, 84, 85. Mm-hmm. No one was comfortably standing up in that black tradition Base. of no. I love myself no. just as I am. My father used to say things because he talked in such a strong patois. And when people would talk to him like, why are you talking like that? And he would say, this was his response. Imagine this in 1985. You can't judge my tongue. 
My tongue ruler on the earth. Okay, okay. And I would be like, I would okay. be so embarrassed. Okay. No, I'm so proud of that. Oh my gosh. I wish that I could be that authentic. Exactly. And show up exactly. just as I am. Exactly. Undiluted and so fierce. Exactly. I With no apology. It. I know. No. And 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 that was the thing. Like, um, from my father, what his presence did in my journey was he was such a peaceful person, even though he had a stance about him. He was such a peaceful, loving, kind person. And the way he spoke of Africa and the way he spoke of African culture, I never really experienced that. You know, he also influenced me to really, really, really question you know, not just accept the information that was being fed to me in schools. You know, he would, he fed my spirit in a completely different way that I'm so grateful that, you know, I had those moments even when I was embarrassed, even though there was times where I felt like, oh no, you know, I don't want to be questioned about who he was in that space. I absolutely can relate. I was um, cleaning up the other day and I found my first African outfit my dad bought me when I was like 12. Mm. And the shorts still fit me. What? I, yes, I'm gonna Who wants take to a that? Who wants I'm to going to take a picture and post it. I, I mean, besides the fact that I cried profusely no. because I wear African clothes every day and people, yeah. you know, I go to a grocery store, they're like, oh, where do you come from? You come from Africa? What part of Africa are you from? And I would be like, we're all from Africa. Exactly. You know, but um, it's so funny that everything we do affects how our children feel about themselves. themselves of course. And that, it, just, I, it made me feel like what a legacy my father left because it's going to it's going to outlive him by many generations. And it's going to grow by bounds and leaps. It's going to grow. Oh my because, gosh. Look yeah. at the work that I'm doing in Africa. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I was thinking the other day, I wonder if he knew. Yeah. Like the, the way he knew. was so adamant, you know, like my, he was knew. so adamant. It was almost like he was preparing me for the life that I live right now. Yeah. You know, it, it, it's powerful. It's powerful. Yeah. When, when that love that our parents, yeah. You know, when they showed love to us in a holistic way, yes. how it shows up in our lives. Is just, yes. It's absolutely. It's the other thing that we share together is that we lost our dads in the physical Yes. World. Something that I heard you say before that I felt and that I believe is true that my father and I, we were, we were close, you know, close enough for someone that didn't grow up with him in my home. I felt like we had a special bond. In his transition, that bond and that presence felt more strong. I feel his presence even now in times where I feel discouraged or I feel like challenges are overwhelming. I hear his voice, you know, I, I smell him. So there's, there's so many things that so-called losing the fathers that I felt that I gained in a spiritual right. sense that I'm thankful for and I appreciate even more the moments that we had when mm -hmm. he was in the physical. Right. I appreciate them and I talk about them and, Such you know, gift. yeah, yeah. But I, I feel blessed because I knew you when your father was in the physical and when my dad was in the physical mm -hmm. and, and I still know you now. Now, yeah. So to see the evolution yeah. of what that relationship brought to your life yeah. and how he's still participating in your life, for me, mm -hmm. it's a gift. 
Yes. It helps me to see how my dad is still present, you know? And when you lost your dad, I, t- I remember telling my dad, mm-hmm. I, was, I, I remember I literally called him. I'm like, daddy, Alana, you remember my friend who sings? That's how mm-hmm. he goes. Yeah, man. You know? And I said, her dad passed away and he goes, Oh my God, I'm sorry to hear that, man. I, mm-hmm. I don't wish that. I don't, you know, I, I, I wouldn't wish that for her. Not knowing that, you know, he was seven years later. Later, yeah. Transitioning from me. Yeah. So it, it, it's just such a journey. Yeah, yeah. It's such a journey. Yes, but it, it, it is a journey that our spirit needed to, to kind of go through yeah. to be where we are now. I feel like if I didn't have that experience, I definitely wouldn't be where I am now in mind space. I definitely wouldn't be there in 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 my mission on what I feel that I've been sent here to do. So yeah, it definitely it helped me get a, a better sense of clarity. <laughs> and I, I because you know we would always talk and I would be like I want them to meet each other. Yes. But then yes. I kind of feel like they found each other. Yeah, and I think and I think even in life because Daddy used to hang out in White Plains and there's enough enough twelve tribe. Yeah, that. twelve tribe parties. Daddy would never miss the twelve tribe parties. So. Yeah. like <laughs> they probably encountered yeah. each other yeah. it's been yeah. so the parallel has been quite interesting yeah at least yeah. yeah so i'm thankful i'm happy to be here yeah. and um i know we're talking about africa too yes we are we're definitely going to close on africa but what i wanted to kind of segue from from what we just talked about 